through this day. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to start with the uh, statement of purpose, and then we'll get into it with prayer. You all, will you please join me? I, I will be transformed by the power of God's word. It defines me, empowers me, and enriches me as I apply to every area of my life. My mind is open, my heart is receptive, and I surrender my will to the Holy Spirit's control. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you bow your heads? Dearly, Father, we praise and thank you for this time. Lord, I praise and thank you for this opportunity that's been afforded me. Lord, I ask now that you come and fill me and pour your Holy Spirit out over this congregation. Lord, I pray that you will bless those who need to be blessed, convict those who need to be convicted, and encourage those who need to be encouraged. When they hear me, let them hear you. When they see me, let them see you. All these things I ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, righty then. Y'all can have a seat. Good to see y'all smiling faces this morning. Now, I, uh, I have to uh, preface this. Uh, I, even though I am not Pastor Jones or Pastor Tim, please understand that we are gifted with the same passion for speaking. Amen? Some of you may call it a spirit of long-windedness. So... I have painstakingly tried to keep this within a time frame, so y'all pray for me. But like I said, it's, it's, it's not an issue of being before y'all family. I mean, that's not the issue. It's making sure that I stay within the confines of, of the service. Amen? If you will, um, open your Bibles to 1 Samuel 16, 7, please. If you have them with you, open your Bibles to 1 Samuel 16, 7. It's warm up here. Well, at least I know it's not just me. Everybody feels the same. Else it is the spirit. Okay. I thank him for it. Are y'all there? It says, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord, he looketh on the heart. And that's the premise of what I want to follow, come, come talk to you all on today. Um, we've been talking about excellence. All month long we've been talking about answer, excellence. First Lady Nona, my dear brother Tony, Pastor Tim, they've all talked about excellence and presenting ourselves excellent to God. Our sacrifice. Um, with our tithe, with our effort and our service. And my question is, if that's what the command, if that's what we know we're supposed to do, and that's what he charges us to do, why aren't we doing it? Why, why aren't we doing it? If we all say we love God, raise your hand if you say you love God. Your hands better go up. <laughs> if you say you love God, then why is it a struggle for us to do these things that he's not asked us to do, he's commanded us? to do. Amen? So, because when it says that he looks at the heart, I want us to understand that we can do all these different things, even in doing. We can give, 
over and abundantly. We can build huge, just like later on talk about the pyramids, we can build huge monuments to God. But what he's concerned about is our heart. What he's concerned about is the condition of our heart and how we love. And that's what I want to talk about today is learning to love with excellence. Because if we don't have that, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Um, I could, in insurance, they have this term called approximate cause of loss. So meaning if something happens, you have to look at the approximate cause or what actually caused that event, not necessarily just look at the event, right? The case in point, let's just say that there's a gentleman. He's driving crazy through traffic, right? He flies past you going 70 miles an hour, okay? He's weaving in and out. He's barely stopping at a red light. He comes off and he gets in an accident, and you ride by and you say what? So that's what that fool will get, driving crazy, right? <laughs> but what if I told you that that man's wife was in the back seat and she had just gone into labor? She had passed out in the back seat, because this actually happened. She had passed out mid-labor in the back seat. What does that do to your perception of that situation? It changes it entirely. So what I'm charging us to do today is when we lead with love, our perception of each other, our perception of situation changes. So when I say love, I don't mean our love. I mean the love of God, that agape love, because our love is dysfunctional. Amen? I'm glad I got somebody who can testify with me. Our love is dysfunctional. Heck, let me change that. My love is dysfunctional. Because like I told him today, Tim was so concerned about me, you know, telling everybody where the bodies are. I'm not here to talk about him today or anybody else. I'll talk about is me and what I've walked through and what God has shown me about me. Because when I focus on anybody else and trying to preach to somebody else, I miss the message. The message is for me. And I'm just sharing with you what I've learned and prayerfully you will glean from that. You know, just like I say, Pastor Jones, God bless him, he's been dealing with me my whole life. Literally. And there's a lot of nuggets that I've pulled from him that I glean. Don't look at me crazy. <laughs> he, why is everybody so nervous? He's, he's like he's waiting for the gauntlet to drop. <laughs> he, has, he has dealt with me in all my foolishness, and I, and I can call it foolishness now because I'm on the other side of it. He's dealt with me in all my, my foolishness since, since I was a boy. And, but there's little nuggets of wisdom that I pull from the counseling sessions in my bedroom, at his house, and everything else, even with my own children, that I glean from him. And that's what I want to give you all today. You know, God says, if you love me, feed my sheep. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking, what is it, uh, Chick-fil-A and Popeyes. You know, everybody's going back and forth. That's, that's temporary, but you get these nuggets of wisdom that implanted in you, they can feed you for life. Amen? So that's what I'm going to attempt to do today. Um, but again, my question is, if we know that these things are required of us, and this is what he wants us to do, why are we not doing it? I charge you that it's the condition of our hearts. It's the condition of our hearts. We don't know the condition of our hearts. We think we know the condition of our hearts, but we don't. Because God says we cannot know it. Jeremiah 79, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately weakened. Who can know it? No man, no woman. We can't know it. And I have always asked God, you know, show me my heart. Show me me. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you ask for. Because when you ask it, he's going to show it. And you're not going to like it. Amen? And when I say he's going to show it, He's going to use people around you to show you yourself. 
Amen. And it's going to, it's not, not necessarily, it's going to be people close to you, that, the ones that grind your gears the most, that's going to show you what God doesn't like. You ask him, he's going to show you. But if you embrace it, you embrace it, there's, there's growth on the other side of it. Um, thank you, sir. Fresh water. Amen. What do you, you, you hear the parchness in my, in, in my tone? <laughs> when I was saying about the condition of your heart, um, how many people know that children are a blessing? They, they are a blessing. You know, when I, when I was young, used to hear it all the time, children are a blessing. You just think about, oh, they bring a lot of joy. They bring you happiness. You know, they fill your life up with all these different things. Yeah, no. No, that's, that's, that's not truly why. That, that all those things are true, but that's not why they're a blessing. They are a blessing because they are little reflections of you. And, and the more children you have, the more reflections you have. You understand what I'm saying? Christina, Jada, Jahari, come here. You know, what, you know why I'm doing this? Because they came in my room and asked me was I going to use them as an example. So it's just because they asked, I'm going to use them. Come here. Ja, come, stand right here. No, face me. Stand right there. Christina, stand beside her. No, at an angle. Right there. Jay, come stand right there. All right, these are my beautiful reflections. Amen? Amen. These are my beautiful reflections. Now, they're a blessing because, to me because they, I can see how God relates to me and how I relate to them, right? How, tell me if it sound familiar. Son, why can't you just do what I tell you to do? I don't told you a thousand times about leaving that toilet paper there, son. Why don't you just put it back where it came from? Jada, how hard is it? How hard is it to do it right the first time? Why do I have to keep repeating myself over and over and over again? You're just going to learn the hard way, huh? You, you just don't want to do right at all, right? But guess what? Every word that came out of my mouth at them is bouncing right back at me, and God is saying, how many times have I told you and you didn't listen? How many times are you going to keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result? When are you just going to do what I tell you to do? Because and, and, I know better than you do. And it sound familiar? A little bit, a little bit. But that's the thing about it is when I focus on them, it's like, I don't know, these children just don't learn. They just don't listen. God say, bing. <laughs> bing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like lead from love means you got to always tell, I'm a coach, so I'm going to use this. Like, I always tell my players, you got to lead from the front. You got to lead from the front. I can't be back here telling you what to do, and I'm not doing the same thing. I can't expect you to do something that I myself am not doing. So now I have to lead from the front. You know what I mean? I have to accept that it's like, okay, God, you're dealing with me. It's not about them. You're just using them as a reflection to deal with me. Y'all can go sit down. You stay here. <laughs> of my three reflections, this one is the strongest because she is most like me. Anybody got a child that just gets under their, just like, just turns and twists? You're that you have the, the I would say... A child that you have the uh, most opportunities to grow with. Let's just say that. This the most opportunities to grow with. We're going to share it. We're going to keep it positive. This right here is me in a female form. 
okay? And, and we had this conversation today. She's like, what do you mean, Dad? I'm good. I'm an angel. I said, you are, see, I'm not one, of, I'm not, and I used to be. You know how it is when anything fools and show up in your child is the other parent. When they do good, it's my child. When they cutting up, they get that, you get that from your mama. But the truth of the matter is, I told her this morning, I said, Christina, I'm honest enough to say that. I know you got a lot of my nonsense. I said, you got a lot of my nonsense. But why I have her up here is because when I talk about dysfunctional love, even when we give everything we have in love with the best that we feel that we're doing, that love is still dysfunctional. It's not what they need. You understand what I'm saying? My baby, she was not always with me, right? It's all right. You good. She was not always with me. When she was two years old, I had to go back and forth to court. I went back and forth to court. Let me tell you now, I, I did a lot of things to get this girl. I would drive from Tallahassee, because I lived in Tallahassee at the time. I would drive from Tallahassee, go pick up from my grandma's house in Orlando. Come here, mama. Pick up from my grandma's house in Orlando every other weekend simply because they said she wants to spend more time with her dad. Right? So you see me, in my heart, it's like, I love my baby. I got to go get her. I got to go get her. Right? Then I would go to court, fought for a year and a half to get her, right? Went and bought beds, went by school, everything was happy. My baby's home, I got her. I love my child. But do y'all know, even with all that love I felt I had for her, that I still messed up? I still messed up because I loved her with my imperfect love. I tried to love her absent of God. And in that, I hurt her and destroyed her in a lot of ways that now we're still trying to regain that ground from. You understand what I'm saying? So just because you say you love somebody, oh yeah, you love them, but do you love them with the love that God has instructed us to love each other with? Amen? So I acknowledge in front of you all and everyone else that I fell short badly. You know, at his first child, you don't know the better you're raising the way you were raised. I'm just being real. Me being a Jones, y'all know how us Jones males are. We don't deal with emotions very well. And Lord God, this child was emotional. You understand me? And I couldn't, I just didn't know how to deal with it. But guess what? It's not about me. It's not about me. So here it comes to the point to, like I said, I'm walking y'all through what I had to walk through. So now it comes to the point to where I'm losing my child. So if I don't deal with me, if I don't finally took, look in that three-point mirror and see all those imperfections behind and around me, I'm going to lose my daughter. So if I really love her, then guess what I got to do? It's not about buying her clothes. It's not about taking her nice places. I got to deal with that ugly inside me that is hurting her, that is destroying her. You know what I mean? And that's, that's why I say our love is dysfunctional. Our love is dysfunctional. So even when we come in and we, and I, this, is, this is, I'm applying this, y'all, I promise you, just, just to walk with me. But it applies to us and how we see other people. This is just my example so you can understand where I'm coming from. We have a dysfunctional love. We say we love people. God is God is love. We love everybody. But how can God love when we got so much crap inside of us? How can he love through us? Where's, where's my auntie? Auntie Bob? Auntie Bet? I don't see her. There she is. Oh, she's behind. This morning in Sunday school, she was talking, and she made a comment about, you know, memorizing scripture and how we have to prioritize, and you got other stuff in the house that you need, you know, maybe need to prioritize and move out and so forth and whatnot. Well, we all know that God hates sin. You can sit down, baby. I'm sorry. God hates sin. 
And all that pain and bitterness that we hold inside of us was within that sinful nature. So if you got, a, a, you are, imagine you are, are a container this full, or this big, and you got this much oil in you of bitterness, of resentment, of rejection. How God going to come in there and fill you up so he, can, so he can use you to love other people? He cannot. And this is, like I said, again, this is the hindrance. This is that barrier that's keeping us from loving with excellence. And that's what's going to draw people here. Because when you come to open doors, the open door way, people should feel the love when they come through here. It should be genuine. It shouldn't be something that they just feel like, oh, they just putting on because it's church. Right? It needs to be genuine. And that genuineness has to start within us. We have to work on what's inside of us and change. Amen? Um, then it's like I, I, I think about even on the flip side, that's me as a parent. Let's talk about me as a child. We're going to talk about See, look, I said, Mama, I said, Mama said, well, you can use it. I said, Mama, I'm not going to use it. I may, your name may be mentioned, but it's talking about me. <laughs> but it's, and I, I thank God for my mother because she told me a long time ago, you know, God would never be more real to your children than he is to you, right? And he's real to me because of what I've seen in her. Amen? Because like most kids, me and my mama used to have our situations, you know. Yeah, you call it situations. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, I got a million words, so you know how to deflect. <laughs> but uh, we used to have our situations, and I remember one time in particular, it got to the point to where, you know, it, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm moving out. I'm tired. I ain't, I'm not dealing with this, so forth and whatnot. Lo and behold, she calls my granny, you know. <laughs> My granny, you know, and, and like my granny, she was so she was so meek and merciful. She she was like she's like, well, you know, can you can you just wait for granny? I say, no, granny, I'm leaving right now. She don't want me in the house. I'm leaving. I'm gone. So she's like, well, I called your uncle. He on his way, pastor. <laughs> <laughs> she called him. She said, uh, he's on his way. Can you just wait till he gets there? I said, that's fine. I wait till he get because you know I'm, I'm, I'm listen. I'm feeling myself. I was what 16. I'm feeling myself. No, I'll wait till he get here. That's fine. But I'm still leaving when he can listen. Whatever he got to say, I don't care what he got to say. And he sat down and he looked at me. He said, son, where you going to go? <laughs> he said, you don't have a job. You don't have a place to stay. Where you going to go? And I said, I don't know, but I'm getting up out of here. Because, you know, I, that's it. I'm getting out of here. She want me out of the house. I'm out of the house. She can have all of this. So he said, well, I'll tell you what. Just stay here tonight. And if you still feel that way in the morning, you can leave. And of course, you know me. All right, I'll stay. Wake up in the morning, all oh, that's gone. All those, all that fire I had the night was gone. Because reality set in like we're like, ooh, I don't have no place to stay. <laughs> Mama makes some good chicken. Hey, so it, it's, my point is she and I would be at odds a lot of times and I couldn't appreciate the fact, and again, this is talking about walking in love. How many of the parents, this is for y'all. Children, we need y'all to pray for us too. We need y'all to pray for us too because we, we, we go through things just like you all go through things. You understand what I'm saying? So just like we are charged to love you all through your mess, so guess what? Mom and dad have been through some things too. Y'all got to love us through our mess too. You know, you got to pray for us. Instead of, re, instead of reacting to how they treated me, sometimes you just got to pray. You got to pray for your mama. You got to pray for your daddy because we need Jesus just like y'all do. Amen? Amen. So me being a young man, selfish, 
That's why I say our love is dysfunctional because it's selfish. We are instructed to love as God did because his love was selfless. He thought about us over everything. I mean, man, when you think about it, it's, it's, it is absolutely absurd what he did. Some of y'all won't work overtime for somebody if you know they're not going to appreciate it. I, I mean, being honest. You, I mean, you won't do anything for them if you know that they're not going to appreciate it. He died on the cross to save all of us, knowing that the large majority of us were going to reject him and never accept him. And still, he loved us enough to die, to be beaten, to endure everything that he endured, just so we can have the opportunity to live with him in glory. It's, it's that love that transforms. It's that love that convicts. You know, and, uh, you know, a lot of times we, people, we are getting our rights against indignation. We tell folk, you know, well, I got, I'm just going to tell the truth. Whether you don't like it or not, I'm just going to tell the truth. Pastor Jones is one of these little nuggets. Y'all can call this if you want to. He told me a long time ago, truth without love is condemnation. See, I listen to you. I know you think I don't. Truth without love is condemnation, and that stuck with me because I thought about it. It's like, okay. And that's why he said, that's why God said, without love, you can do nothing. Without me, because I am love, you can do nothing. And that thing stuck with me, and I was like, okay, love. Cause that's, and that's, I think about my granny. My granny was a master of making you feel like, like crap without having to raise her voice. She would just look at you, or she would just smile at you. And she's like, you know, you're wrong. And then she always finished with, Granny loves you. <laughs> but you leave feeling, you feel leaving convicted but not rejected. Because you knew no matter what you were doing or how crazy you were acting, the Lord knows. We had, listen, I'm just going to, well, this is one story I'm going to tell. Tim, this is not too bad. Well, not too bad. <laughs> when we were young, we were young, myself, Pastor Timothy and his brother, we, we like to drive cars. None of us had licenses. You already know where that's going. So we would go out and we would joyride and we would come back. But this, this is my grandmother. This is what I'm talking about, that love without condemnation. She would come and she would just leave a light on, just to let you know that she knows that you're gone. <laughs> so you come in the house, your, your heart beating out your chest. Oh, my God. She gonna, she'll never say a word. But you know she knows. You convicted. You know that she knows. And you're like, oh, we can't do that no more. I mean, we thought we were real sneaky. We'll put the car in neutral, pack it down the driveway, push it all the way down the road, and crank it up down the corner. But when you got that person, you got that family that has a spiritual connection, all your trying, all your ways mean nothing. Still going to get you. That's why I tell my children all the time. I say, listen, I don't have to run you down. I'm not going to try to run you down. Tell the truth, right or wrong. You're always going to find out. We are here to protect you. We are here to love you. And God's going to always let us know. But that's another day, another conversation. <laughs> but I would, we have now talked about the love that we, that we don't have, and which means that we need God to love. But we need to define what that love is. Everybody's, most people may be familiar with 1 Corinthians 13. But, um, oh, let me backtrack because I, I got off. But the thing I, when I was talking about my mom, we went through a lot. She was in pain. I was in pain. Hurt people hurt people. Amen? Hurt people react to one another. There's nobody listening because I want you to feel my pain. 
I want you to feel my pain. And as my grandmother would say, two clenched fists and never shake hands. Somebody, somebody has to open up, right? But what has happened, and this is what I talk about, the transformation love of God. I can see in my mom over time. And like I said, I can see the progression where she is trying and still struggling with those things. So guess what? Now, understanding that, there's some, that she's not just reacting to me because she has a problem with me, it's because she has her own battles to fight, right? So now, instead of reacting when she reacts, that's why I say you got to pray. You got to pray. Pray for, pray for it because the thing that matters, you, you understand that the thing that's most important is relationship. That's the thing that's most important. All that little stuff doesn't matter. You stop sweating it. Right now, you can be in an argument, a knockdown drive, I got one of your loved ones, but let them fall in the hospital, you instantly forget about whatever happened because it doesn't matter. It's not important. And we have to get to that point where we love. It's like, you know what? That's not important. It's not worth the relationship. It's not me being right. It's not worth the damage it's going to do to relationship with us. Amen? Um, but I saw the progression. It's like I'm thankful. You know, and speaking of which, we just celebrated my mother's birthday Friday. So can we give her a hand clap? <laughs> it's a blessing that she's still here that we didn't end in that place. And that separation from one another with that pain in our hearts that we can actually walk in and enjoy each other as a son and a mother should. It's a blessing to have her still here so that we can do that. And I also, I think about today is the 29th, which is my cousin PJ. It's his birthday today. And some of you all don't know him because he passed when I was in high school. But for those who know, he is the embodiment of the transformation power of love. My cousin, like, like many of us, he, as a young man, he dealt with a lot of anger, a lot of things. But when I tell you, before he passed, I saw that thing turn all the way around. And I, and I still remember him. I still remember him, what he walked through. Because, like I said, even though, even though he passed early, I, he turned that thing around before he passed. You know what I mean? And it's like just the, the light in his countenance, the beauty in his smile. I still remember it like it was yesterday from just the, the, the transformation of his entire countenance and his being. It's almost like his, just everything lightened up. When he committed and he gave himself to God, it was just, it's just unbelievable. As I tell people, you, if you don't believe in miracles, you're not looking for them. Because they're all, they're all around you. Look at me sitting up here. I promise you this is a miracle. Because I said I would never, and I do mean never, get up here in this pulpit to do what I'm doing right now. What do you say? Like Friday, what do you say? Smokey said never, ever, 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 ever come up here to do this. But that was selfish me speaking because it's not about me. It's not about me. But as long as it's about us, there's a lot of things we won't do. We won't make those sacrifices. But if we love God, I saw a lot of hands go up. I saw a lot of hands go up. It won't be a problem doing what he commands. Now, again, not ask, commands us to do. And that's love. Amen? So I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians. You can come with me. You cannot if you uh, have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 13. I'm trying to get there, y'all, because it, Brother Cooper's already warned me. When he stands up, I need to shut down. <laughs> what do he say, land that plane? But if you think that your love is, your love is not dysfunctional, you're going to read 
1 Corinthians 13 for you. Read down to, probably read down to verse 8, first part of verse 8. Are y'all with me? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkering cymbal. Layman's term, you're talking loud, but you ain't saying nothing. Amen? And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. This is what love, charity, is. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not up itself and is not puffed up. I just lost half of y'all right there. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not to her own. Is not easily provoked. Road rage, anybody? It thinketh not evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things. I just lost everybody. <laughs> Believeth all things. Hopeth all things. Endureth all things. Charity, love never fails. Never fails. This is how you know, and it's not a portion of this is love. All of this is love. If you are guilty of failing in one of these things, you are falling short of God's love. And that's all of us. Because we cannot do this. There's no way we can accomplish this absent of him. There's no way. You cannot do all these things absent of him. Amen? Amen? Try it. I challenge you, try it and see how frustrated you are. You can't do it. We have to give it to him. We have to work through him. Amen? So this is what God's definition of love is, and we know we fall short of it. So now I'm going to share with you what I feel or what I've learned of how to start working our way towards developing that love that God has commanded us to love one another with so we can love with excellence. Uh, I like to call it uh, just a few talking points, moving forward, looking upward, healing inward so that we can love outward. Amen. So and uh, and this is again, this is just my personal testimony of things that I've learned that I had to walk through and then I continue to walk through. OK, um, moving forward, simply put, let go, let God handle situations. Why are you holding on to stuff that he paid the price for? All that pain from your past, all the disappointments, all the rejection that you feel, he died, so he said, give it to me. Why are you holding on to it? Let it go. Give it to him. It's amazing how we as Christians make nonsense out of sense. We really make sense out of nonsense, like for real. Right now, if somebody came to you and you were $50,000 in debt, anybody got student loans or anything like that, mortgage, any of that, and somebody said, you know what, I'm going to take care of that for you, right? I'm going to take care of that. The bill is paid. You're debt-free, right? When that debt neglector calls you, what are you going to say? Who you call? Nuh-uh. My debt is paid. I, listen, I got receipts. How do you say it? I got receipts. You calling the wrong one. My debt is paid, right? Jesus paid all of our debts. 
a long time ago. But when the devil comes back and tell, reminds of old pain and old hurt, we hold on to it. We dwell on it. We, why, why are we holding on to that stuff? Let it go because it's hindering us from walking in that and walking in God's love. See, God, we want to be used by God, but God can't use us because we got too much crap inside of us. Amen? How can you love with excellence when you're still holding on to that old way of being? We got to let it go. Move forward. Right? This is one that blessed me. Many Christians grow in church, grow up in church, but never grow in Christ. They know hymns, but they don't know him. You hold on to the wrong stuff. You got to let it go. We can't move forward in our life of Christ holding on to old pain. Amen? Next, we want to look upward. How can you let go of that stuff? You can't do it by yourself. You got to look to God. You got to look to God. He never leaves us alone. He wants you to cast all those burdens that you have on him, all the disappointments. He wants to fellowship with us. He wants to spend time with us. He wants to encourage us. He wants to love us. Amen? That comes through devotional life and prayer. Devotional life and prayer. I know how hard it is. Our lives are so busy. You got so much going on. But it's amazing how when life hits you hard, oh, you find time for God then. We find time for him then. But we get in, and listen, I'm talking to myself. Please, I, I listen, like I told you, I'm not preaching to anybody. This is what I go through the same thing. I can make it a thousand reasons and excuses as to why it's just impossible and hard for me to daily spend that time with God. I'll tell you what, Robert, don't spend time with your wife and see what happens. Yeah, you ain't got to say a word. It, it, it doesn't work. Is there anybody that you say you love and you don't take the time to spend time with them? They're not going to feel love. Right? We got to spend time with them. We got to get before them. A Christian without a devotional life is like a $200,000 Lamborghini with an empty tank. It's going nowhere fast. Got all that power. Got all those amenities sitting in the garage collecting dust. Fuel yourself with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis so you can go out. Rev your engine. Feel that power. Go out and bless other people. Y'all feel me? You understand what I'm saying? We have to make time for God. We have to make time for him so that we can heal inward. Because this right here is the key. We got to heal. We got to heal, family. Through prayer and devotion life, we got to heal. Jesus would reveal to us the areas of brokenness in our life. He revealed to us through those little beautiful reflections. That's how he reveals it to me, the things in my life that displease him that I need to work on. And like your pastor would always say, he said, in conflict and any irritation, there's treasure in that. I told you, I listened to you. You miss the treasure. If you focus on the other person or the situation, you miss the treasure in that because God is trying to get your attention. So I challenge you, and anytime you get irritated, before you even open your mouth or breathe and breathe a thought about the other person or the situation, say, God, what are you trying to show me about me? Because that perception that you have about that situation and that person will be different. It will be totally different, and you will respond differently in that situation. You, you understand what I'm saying? And so it's like right now, like there are certain things that my children do that's like, I just don't understand it. I really don't. But you know what? It's not for me to understand. You know, that's like, God, what are you trying to show me about me? And there's some things that I need to do because a lot of times children do as we do, not as we say. 
I said, so it's like, God, he's like, what are you trying to show me about me? Where am I lacking? What am I not doing? You know, we talked about in our uh, small group, there are a lot of us who are chained and shackled and don't even know it. You talk about a pachyderm, like a circus animal. When they are young, they put them to a, tie them to a rope and a stump, and it holds them, right? That same powerful animal, now full adult, will still feel that they can be held by that same thing, even though they have all the power to just rip that thing out and run off. But they are shackled in the mind. And a lot of us are still shackled in our mind and our hearts with all this foolishness that we need to let go of. Amen? It's holding us back. But if you don't have a prayer life, if you don't have a devotion life, that stuff is going to continue to control you and dictate the decisions that you make. That dude you had no business messing with, that car you had no business buying, that place you had no business going, it will dictate and navigate your life just like a GPS. Leads you to a dead end. You know something they tell you to make that left and you're supposed to go right? It will do that. But so we have to heal within ourselves so that we can be used by God. There's a football term. Some of you all may or may not be familiar with it. You're, when they have athletes on injured reserve, that means that they are hurt or they have an injury that they cannot play. But then there's also another term called physically unable to perform. They're not necessarily injured, but there's something going on with them where they can't perform or participate or get on the field. Some of us are spiritually unable to participate because we don't have a spiritual life, because we don't have a devotional life, because we don't pray. You know, we just sitting on the sideline drinking up all the Gatorade. We got fake injuries sipping up all the Gatorade. The bench being the church pew. All of us have gifts, and every gift is needed. Because we're talking about the love of God. We all are a reflection of God's love. Our gifts are needed, right? Said that God gave you a fingerprint that no one else has so that you can leave an imprint that no one else can. We are all unique and special. We are all needed. I don't care what you think about yourself, who said what. I'm telling you, God loves you and we all need you. You are special. You are great. You are great in God because he didn't make no mess, right? And you have to understand that there is greatness within you, but you have to tap into it, and that greatness is in God. I tell my son that all the time. I said, why be good when you were born to be great? Why? God created each last one of you to be great, and and your greatness is in his purpose for you, right? But if you're being held and bound by all this other nonsense, you'll never never realize the potential of your own greatness. Amen? I don't know. Some of y'all falling asleep. Y'all hear me? Oh, Okay. But we need to get off the spiritually unable to perform this so that we can do what God charges us to do. He charges us to love each other. And I say we need to love intentionally and love with reckless abandon. But we can't do that if we're bound. When I say love with reckless abandon, I mean you need to find reasons to love instead of finding reasons to complain. You need to find reasons to pray instead of reasons to talk about. You know what I mean? That's, this is, we need to, we, there are a lot of things that we see that are not right, but... Us talking about it is not going to change it. Prayer changes things. Love changes things. We have to change the narrative. We have to lead with love. Amen? How many will admit that it's hard to love some people? Yeah? And everybody nodding their head, somebody looking at you saying, you hard to love too. Listen, 
I, look, I know that I'm hard to love. I'm just, just keep it real. Some of the foolishness that I've done, some of the things that I've said, I promise you, I'm hard to love. But God still loves me the same. We are, we're not easy to love so that because someone is difficult for us to love, doesn't, it shouldn't mean anything. Because all the times that we've rejected God, all the times we disobeyed him, all the times that we basically spit in his face and at the sacrifice he made, he still loves us unconditionally. Another Pastor Jones nuggets. Love is the unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. That is the most complete definition of love I've ever heard. It's the unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. That's love. So no matter what they do, mamas, no matter what those babies do, they can be sitting in jail for 25 years, but you're going to love them, you're going to tell them you're wrong, but you're still going to love them. They can be out in the streets running around doing all kinds of crazies, but you're still going to love them. That's why a mother's love, a mother's love or a parent's love is like the love of God. It's a good example of it. Amen? But again, God commands us to love one another. We have to do it. And the only way we can do it is if we free ourselves from these things that are binding us. We have to move forward. We have to look upward. We have to heal within so that we can love outward. Amen? Amen. Y'all got it? Is it solid? Did you learn something? 